beautiful liars. Hi. Ooh, who that is? Is that Sharina? It is. It's me, Sharina. Ooh, and it's Malika. And we're Bag of Lies. We are. We're the podcast that explores identity and community through the lens of the harmless white lies that we all tell. And we're all telling them. Yeah, girl, because the game has changed. Lying has changed, <laughs> right? But luckily, we are still the same. We're just making our way through these weird times. We are. We are. We're still talking harmless lies, and we're still lying in general, even though we're no longer at the studio because we thought we would go back there for season two, but we can't. So, I, Girl, I was convinced that we were going to go back there. <laughs> But now we're just doing, you know, lies in quarantine. That, that's what this new life is. I think some of the topics that we'll really dive into this season, we'll explore new, new things such as, are we lying about money? Like, how are we talking about that? What are parents doing with their kids? Parents have spent a lot more time with their kids now. I know they're lying. And so we definitely want to talk to some kids and some parents about the crap that they're lying to each other about. And just, you know, the lying game in general and how, you know, lying affects your career and when there are times for you to lie, when there are times for you not to lie. We're really going to get into it this season and I'm excited for the lineup of guests that you and me got, girl. Me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's lit. It's going to be a good show. Mm-mm-mm. So Serena, where are you now? I am currently in Minneapolis. I came back at the start of quarantine and I just basically never left. I've been lying in the Midwest. What about you, Malika? Where are you at? Well, I'm currently in the Bay, but I'm actually packing up my life so I can go be in Mexico for a bit. I mean, if we can work from home, we could work from anywhere you know home can be anywhere right now so that's what this girl is gonna be doing oh my gosh i love it i'm obsessed i'm gonna come visit you you better (laughs) we got so much to work on we are like doing we're doing things now sharina well i for one am a panel bitch now i'm a panel bitch (laughs) bitch that does panels you are but also sharina you are also gonna be a panel bitch too because guess what we're gonna be moderating our first freaking big girl panel hey we are we are gonna be moderating a panel called My Side Hustle is My Side Chick. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be kicking it with some people that have really, really incredible side hustles. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about lies and side hustles and all the things on October 27th. And y'all should check out our Instagram and Twitter for more information because that's where you'll be able to sign up and do all the things. Yes, lies and side hustles. We're definitely going to tell some people's interesting stories. And the partnership is with the Sideshow Project, which is an award show just for side projects. We're excited to host that panel and it's going to be great. Now on to this episode's topic. Girl, it's time for us to catch up. Fact, it's been a while. We've been away from each other. The Rona happened. All the things happened. People are lying more in quarantine or I've been told, even though I think I actually lie less now. There was a really, really interesting article in the New York Times actually about this and how because of the coronavirus, people have been lying about their coronavirus which is kind of crazy. Yeah, the New York Times article, I think the headline is actually, are you lying more in the pandemic? Some certainly are. And then they (laughs) dive into all the ways, the things that we lie about has changed because of the circumstances that we're living in. And I was like, they wrote this article for us because we definitely want to talk about the reasons behind why people lie and their motivations and behaviors. Mm. I look at lying holistically and everyone lies. And if you're saying you're not a liar, then you're a liar. You're lying about that. You know, it's levels Mm -hmm. to it. But I think, you know, with our podcast, we really dive into this world of like why people lie. Yeah. And then we kind of decide like, well, this is this like lie 
harmless and like it's a thing that this person is doing, you know, as a coping mechanism? Or is this person just lying and this is wild and this is harmful to other people need to be called out? And that New York Times article made me think about, you know, how people, how lying has changed during this weird time that we're all living in. And I feel like there are some people out here saying lies because they just got to cope in some ways. And there are some people who are lying because, you know, they're just wild and they're out of control. But <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good read. What was your, what were some of your biggest takeaways from that article? My favorite quote of the entire thing was one of the people in the article, Professor Feldman was quoted. And one of his quotes was, we tell people that we're feeling well when we're not feeling well as a common example of lying and that society operates on lies in many ways. And most of those lies are probably trivial in the grand scheme of things, but they are lies. And I thought that was really poignant and resonant just because like that is true that essentially we lie to people every single day just when they ask us how we're doing. And Mm -hmm. that is basically like the basis for like every human interaction that we have is a lie. So yeah, I don't know. It, It was really interesting to kind of sit and reflect on lies in general, but specifically like pandemic lies particularly because like you know COVID is a disease and a disease is like in a lot of ways public when it's like a pandemic but it's it's personal because it's the body but see that's the thing that's what people are lying about more is their health because it's a personal issue Mm -hmm. and like COVID now it's like you don't want to tell someone that you're feeling unwell because the minute you say something like that people think you got the Rona where it could literally (laughs) just be some really bad allergies or some weird type of situation going on. So I feel like, you know, someone's asking you, you know, are you feeling well? You know, you're you're not feeling well. You're going to be like, oh, I'm I'm feeling great today. Like, I feel like we're going to start seeing more lies about that. Mm -hmm. But then there's on the other hand where, you know, people are lying because they know they got the Rona and they don't want people to find out. Like, I feel like that's a whole nother weird Weird. I don't know. That's just weird to me. Like, I don't even know, know how to really. Did that. <gasps> you know someone? Did you call I them do. out? I do. I, I personally couldn't feel like I could. Oh. Yeah. So wait, so you knew they had the Rona. Yeah. So they told me that they had Rona and they asked me not to tell any of their friends. <laughs> Am I their friend? Because you no. could tell me. No. Not that I'm trying to judge, but you know, there is, there is some shaming around like if you had coronavirus and you're not someone who's likable. Mm-hmm. I feel like likable people are getting away with it. Like the Tom Hanks of the world. They're like, oh, what a shame that person had the Rona. That's but true. then there are other people who are becoming like demonized about it. Like there was this article, I think it was either in like The Cut or New York Magazine where they were talking about like how people are being shamed for having coronavirus. Like there was like oh. this fashion model from like like Vietnam, mm-hmm. who was like deemed like a super spreader, but she also got, you know, coronavirus by in the way that people get coronavirus. Yeah. But for some reason, the media saw that she lived this glamorous jet setting lifestyle and they liked in the media just like completely like harped on her. It was like, she was out here doing this and that. And that's why she spread it all these places. And people were like posting all these images being like, she's at the laundromat spreading it. And lo and behold, oh this woman wasn't even at the laundromat or out in the street. She was up in Germany in the hospital. But people oh were so God. fixated on making her like a, a villain yeah. in the coronavirus narrative. Yeah. Like people just started harping on her. And like, I could see why someone would, would want to lie about it so that they wouldn't have to deal with that social media nightmare of yeah. being like, you know, condemned by the media before you even get a a right to speak for yourself or about what happened. So no, that's true. I mean, especially because like, it is a disease that's basically caught by spending time with other people. And Mm -hmm. we all know that. Yeah, I think like, 
they're it's a bit like an STI in the sense that it's like I know what kind of risky behavior you've been engaging with another in order to get this. But and that you some- gives people an opportunity for judgment, or that opens the door at least for judgment. And I think early on in the pandemic, I don't feel like people were, you know, all doing risky behavior. People were just catching coronavirus and not having a clue about how they caught it. But I think now that we're legit like six, seven months into it, it's like, oh, you caught coronavirus? Where did you go? What were you doing? What were you you doing? Yeah. Yeah. People are are lying about when they're going on vacation or who they're, how many people they're seeing or who they're hanging out with. And I don't know, there's just, it's changing a lot of social dynamics in a lot of ways. It is, it is, it is. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. I I feel like even within like couples or like groups of families, there is always the person that kind of takes it a little bit less seriously and the people that take it way more seriously. And so like even within a household, some people will obviously be lying to other people about like, oh, well, I'm just going for a walk. And if they end up at a bar with a friend, Sharina, why do I feel like you did that? (laughs) I mean, I can't say nothing because I know my boyfriend listens to this podcast, but I I might have. Who's to say? Who knows? <laughs> Shady. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, moving on from my lie to another lie that I might have told. Let's move on to the lie of the week. Malika, what have you lied about this week? Oh, girl. Another silly, stupid lie. <laughs> So throughout quarantine, for the most part, I've been doing a good job of cooking for myself and, and living that best life, you know, of being healthy, Malika. But I'm 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 actually, you know, moving soon. So I started having some takeout because, you know, this girl's not going to cook. She's like packing all her stuff up. And I'm now obsessed with this one sushi spot near my house. When I order food from them, I probably go in. I, I probably order too much. Anyways, the other day I go to said sushi spot to pick up my little meal and the woman goes, do you want one chopstick or two? And in that moment, I was like, wow. I felt the implications of that question. And I realized I that had to- That is pick. a very loaded question. Though. It was a very loaded question. Yeah. So then I was like, two. One, because I didn't want her judgment of being like, wow, this woman has ordered so much food. Clearly she must be feeding for two. And then two, I just, I had ordered from her several times and I'm wondering, does she think I'm a lonely woman who just comes and orders sushi for one and it's ginormous spread? And so like, I found myself lying to the takeout lady being like, no, I need two chopsticks because clearly- <laughs> This one gal can't eat this myself, knowing full well my intentions of taking said food home and eating it by myself. And then I got another craving for more sushi. And so the second, you know, I had to do this again. Mm -hmm. And then I show up the next time to go pick up my order of sushi. And she's like, yes, extra order chopsticks for your boyfriend. And I was like, oh, no. Oh my gosh, she filled that in herself. She's She filled in this whole narrative about me. But see, this is why I felt like I had to dodge your questions because I was like, this woman's really trying to build up her own story of who I am. Yep. And all I'm trying to do is eat. Yep. But this is the situation you're putting me in, ma'am. So now I have to deceive you and say, yes, another pair of chopsticks because I don't need you thinking I'm sad and lonely <laughs> eating sushi. <laughs> Wow. That spiraled so quickly off that one question. It did. It, it yeah. did. But that's what a loaded question will do to you. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. <laughs> wow. I, I just love the way how she just immediately projected. Like, she don't know your life. You could have she... had a girlfriend. It could have been a wife. It could have been exactly. a husband. Just out here like, oh, you're a boyfriend. I'm like... <gasps> I could have friends, you know? Right? I could just be picking up sushi for me and my homie, you know? You could have a roommate. Exactly. But you know what? It's good. It's all good because she don't know me. She don't <laughs> know my story. 
She don't know your life. She don't know my life. But Sharina, what about your life? What did you lie about this week? Um, so my life was a sticky one really uh so my therapist and I have been working together for about maybe a year and a half now and so I feel I would say I feel fairly comfortable and still the other day I lied to her she was talking to me about potentially joining group therapy and I off the bat I don't know why but I had like an immediate gut reaction of like I really don't want to do that and she was like how does that sound I was like that sounds so interesting And it was like, no, it doesn't. I don't want to do this. And she was like, okay, great. Can I put you down? And I was like, of course, I'm really excited. And in my head, I was like, why are you lying? What are you doing? What's happening here? Like, you don't need to do this. The whole point of therapy is to be honest with your therapist. And I just, I still lied to her. I caved under pressure. (laughs) You know, that's so wild, Sharina. First of all, shout out to Black girls who do therapy. I think we should all do therapy if we need it. Love that about I've always loved that about you that how honest you are about that. But two, girl, we did a whole episode online to your therapist in the last season. What are you doing? Have you learned nothing from Rafi? Bro, I literally know. (laughs) Because immediately after I got off the phone, I was like, this was already covered on the podcast. I don't even see it as a lie in a way. I see it more as you fighting yourself and being like, I don't want to do this thing, but I will agree to do this thing because this might be good for me. Yeah, I mean it was kind of a bit of that and then I think I also just kind of got caught off guard too and like I don't know what it says about me that whenever I'm caught off guard I'm more likely to lie than I am to tell the truth oh I think we all are exactly (laughs) what happened with me and the sushi I was caught off guard by her loaded question and then I had to you know decide in that moment who was who am I gonna be absolutely no I totally get that because I think I definitely want to be the type of person that's like yeah like I'm committed to my personal growth and I'm willing to like do something that maybe pushes me and makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable but I didn't actually want to do it. I'm going to work on being a little bit more ominous with my therapist because I actually low-key look back on that and I'm like, you shouldn't have lied to her. That is not the point. Yeah, I wouldn't want that in my bag. Speaking of in the bag. Aww. Uh-uh-uh. It's time for in the bag. In the bag. We've got uh, a few really interesting things in our bag this week. The first is Jessica Krug, who blackfished everyone. yeah so jessica krug is now an ex-associate professor at george washington university um and in mid-september she published a blog post on medium where she confessed to being white after impersonating a black person for most of her career and she says that she's been different types of black people essentially where at some point she assumed the identity of like dominican afro-latina and then went from like north african blackness to more u.s based blackness and so her her blackness has evolved but she is a white jewish woman from kansas oh gosh This, this right here. Yep. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. Have we learned nothing right. from old girl who did this like two, three years ago? What was her right. name? Uh, Rachel Dozel. Rachel Dozel. Rachel Dozel. This is Rachel Dozel 2.0. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have we learned nothing from Rachel Dozel? Rachel Dozel learned nothing from Rachel Dozel. Right? I just... I don't understand why this keeps happening. I'm actually like shooketh that this many white people, this many white women specifically have impersonated black women. And that's such a high level too. You know what I mean? Because it's not even like, it's like Sandra who works down the street at McDonald's. We're talking like you are an associate professor at a university. And like Rachel Dozel was the head of the NAACP in Spokane, Washington. Like what? 
are you doing? I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why people do this. It seems like these are the type of people who, when they do this, they go out and they try to um, be attention seeking with it. So like for me at the core of this, I feel like this is just very much narcissistic behavior Mm. and people who are attention seekers. And if it wasn't, you know, being like black and a woman and like trying to like play the victim, they would probably try to play the the victim in some other other role or capacity. Mm. I don't know. But this is just this is so problematic on so many levels. And it also it just it pulls the wool over a lot of people's eyes because here's the thing with blackness. You can't just look at someone and look at them and decide, is this person black or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of deceiving in that way by like abusing, like, you know, the fact that there's so many different presentations of being black. The fact that you take that as an opportunity and you capitalize on that for your Mm -hmm. own personal gain Mm -hmm. and like notoriety, like that is just sad. But, you know, there's probably more of these people who are doing this. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like a lot of people, you know, a few years back, we thought, you know, Rachel Dozo was just one off and a fluke and just weird. And we're like, that woman has mental issues. But no, this is the second woman to be doing this. It makes me, and I'm sorry, but now we're looking at all the light-skinned women like, well, are you (laughs) going to? I don't want to look at the light-skinned women and wonder if they all, you know, faking. Oh and I don't, God. and I also don't want to have to ask people to bring out their whole like genealogy, their yeah. whole like lineage and history. Oh my gosh, I totally hear you. I do think that there is an element of like attention seeking behavior. I don't know. I think it really says something about blackness that these like really prominent figures, to your point, were allowed to be black. Or just were allowed to assume blackness without any question. The black women that I know, they move through the world in a very, very specific way. We speak about very specific things. And I think the fact that like a white person without that knowledge could just kind of pick it up and make it believable. I read an article in the cut where like um, her students were saying, yeah, she was just really authentically black. She made me feel so much more comfortable. And I just think it's so interesting that someone can just kind of like learn that essentially. Like what do you mean? Like learn how to like pass in a culture? Yeah, like learn basically like how to be a woke black woman is a thing that you can just kind of like learn because that's basically what they all were like in Jessica Krug's case and in um, Rachel Dozel's case, both of them were like strong, like African-American studies teacher, professor, this, like, like I said, Rachel Dozal was the head of the NAACP. And so like, it's really interesting that like, in both of those cases, like I said, they weren't like just black women working at McDonald's, they were black women that were like speaking out about black issues and speaking to the experience of being black. I struggle with you phrasing it as being a, a woke black woman can be learned. I don't think that that's true. Yeah, I think being a a woke black woman can be impersonated and Mm. that's what they were doing. Mm. And, you know, anyone can impersonate anyone. Mm. Um, And and, and that's essentially what they were were doing in their roles. It's hard to describe what it means to be a black woman. I don't think that you have to go this far to to go as far as impersonating someone in order to advance a movement or a cause. It's like it undermines everything else. And I feel like these two women could have been women who were still down with the culture and the cause. And they could have been allies. Like they could have been allies. They could have been been allies. They still could have even had their Mm -hmm. jobs. Because like when I was in college, um, I took an African American fiction module for my English degree, and the guy 
guy who was running that was a white guy, an old British white man. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's possible to do these things at a high level and still be white. We need allies. So it's really interesting that they both decided to just kind of go down this road. While I'm reading an article. Oh, snap. Is that Spicy Rachel? Rachel. There's a Rachel on the call. (laughs) To make this even more scandalous, because I wanted to give her maybe a benefit of the doubt. It says that she took financial support from cultural institutions, such as the Center for Research for Black Culture, to fund a book that she was writing. Oh. I'm going to leave it at that. She's a scammer. She is. (laughs) She's just a scammer. She's a scammer. That's, you know, this woman is just a scammer. And basically she outed herself before she could get outed. Yeah. That's what happened. It wasn't like weighing heavy on her heart or anything. It's just that someone had found out and they were going to tell. And so she had to tell on herself. We don't like it. It's not in our bag. Oh no, we don't want that in the bag. Stop black fishing in 2020. There's a lot of things we can stop and that's one of them. That's true. All right, moving on. So second item in our bag is actress Bella Thorne, who got caught lying about working with the director of The Florida Project, Sean Baker, on a movie about OnlyFans. Bella Thorne is an actress who has had a bit of success on OnlyFans, and she basically wants to create a film about her experience of being on that website and creating adult content. She met with Sean Baker once, who, like I mentioned is the director of the Florida Project. He's also directed this really amazing film called Tangerine about a trans sex worker. So like he's out here, you know, making these really gritty, interesting projects. He told her in that singular meeting, yeah, that's real cool, but you just have to be careful because you like you could end up hurting the sex work community. He knows what he's talking about. Like he spent his whole career creating films about marginalized communities. And so that one convo turned into he's involved with the project. He's going to be directing it. And he basically had to do an iOS press release on Twitter to squash it and be like, I've chatted to her once. That's all that's happened. <laughs> Oh, so she got caught in a lie about saying she was going to work with this director. Yeah, Yeah. when she talked to him once. Damn, that's so embarrassing. That is really embarrassing. Maybe maybe this wasn't a lie in her head. Maybe she really thought he was going to be the director. Maybe this is like more of a miscommunication, but now it's like an embarrassing miscommunication because he's putting her like directly on blast because of it. Mm, That's fair. but if that I, was the I case, can see that, but then I also kind of feel like it's one of those things where like, you know, when you like, you know, when you like meet someone once and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, like you refer to them in com- the next conversation over because it's relevant as your friend. Like, yeah. oh, so and so like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with them. And it's like you've met them once. You're not friends. You just know them. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was just trying to put her intentions into the universe being like, I hope I can work with this director and was telling a friend and it snowballed from that. I don't know, but people (laughs) got to be careful about how they talk about stuff because you don't (laughs) want someone to catch you being reckless. Like, oh, what happened in the last week? Okay. So the last week there was this um, competitor to Peloton who came out with their own at-home bike, right? And they said they were launching the Amazon Prime version of Peloton with Amazon, right? And like the the day the news came out, Peloton stock went down, which pissed me off because I got stock in Peloton. Anyway, (laughs) I was like, what's going on here? 
And, you know, the news was crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, Amazon is launching the Peloton killer, blah, blah, blah. Amazon came out the next day, was like, I don't know who this man is. Oh, talking about, we got a bike together. That's not what I said. Like, we not even offered it on our website. Like, get out of here. And like, everyone's like, wait, what? And so like, I feel like, you know, I feel like that was probably more of like an example of like people being like malicious and saying that they're working with someone and not because like these people actually put out like a press release they said Ooh. that amazon was their partner Ooh. and like if amazon's your partner you gonna know if amazon's your partner yeah and so like i feel like that was like more of an example of like someone like actually lying on like their collab versus That's like fair. bella thorne i don't know if she got caught in a lie or if she got caught in like a hope a dream a wish i don't know but I feel bad because this does make her look that's, really that's bad. And this is more, this is more embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing yeah, what no, happened here. I mean, the only reason why I definitely think that she's getting caught in a lie is because, like, Hollywood people being who Hollywood people are, I can absolutely see her, even if it was just to a friend and then it got out of hand, being like, yeah, so I spoke to Sean. He's, like, super excited about the project. Like, he said he really wants to do it. And then, like, it went from there. But I definitely think that it started from the point of a Hollywood person doing what Hollywood people do, which is just like hyping themselves up, even if it's not true. I'm okay to leave this one in my bag. It's cringy, but it's fine. Yeah, it's cringy. It can stay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so last piece that we have is... This isn't quite news, but I thought it was really funny. I found an article on The Guardian where a writer named Rafia Zakaria outed herself about lying that she lives in New York when she actually lives in Indiana. (laughs) I honestly, if you live in Indiana and you are telling people you live in Indiana, something is wrong with you. (laughs) Something is wrong with you. If you're not lying about it. Okay. I'm obsessed. Um, Okay. Yeah. So context Rafia wrote a piece for the guardian and in it she kind of goes into her personal story like she's from india she moved to the u.s for a marriage and then that marriage fell apart and all she's wanted to do is write and so her custody agreement is that she has to stay in indiana and she can't go a hundred miles further and so she has to stay in indiana so as she started slowly moving up the ranks and becoming more and more famous with her writing she just started lying and saying that she lived in new york and so like when asked for her address she would give either her agent's address or a friend's address she like obviously flies to new york quite frequently to work on stuff but yeah she she lies and says that she lives in new york even though she clearly doesn't i i'm not mad at this no neither am i i i'm i totally get it and honestly she's just in a situation that's you know kind of unfortunate where she can't leave Indiana. She wants to live in New York. If her work is still based out of New York, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Because, you know, when you tell people you live somewhere else that might not seem very cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. but you work in an industry where you need to have the allure of being very global and cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, you know, talk about being somewhere else or you need to be in that city. If I was her, I would say I'm in Indiana at my summer house. Yeah. But 
I work out of New York. Like, I feel like there are ways to frame this in a oh, way yeah. that could help her. But shout out to her for coming clean about it. Like, I, I love this. Oh, no, same. It was a really, really fun read. Um, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything inherently bad in it. I also think that it's one of those classic, like, lies of aspiration where you're kind of like, I want this to be true, but it can't be true. So I'm just going to lie about it instead. Yeah. And then she has this one part in the article where she told someone, Indiana, and because she's of Indian descent, they assume she meant India. And so <laughs> and she just I was, Yeah, I would be like, what? That's funny. But like also, what does that say about them that they couldn't even fathom the fact that an Indian woman could live in Indiana? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So I could see why she would continue to say New York and not even want to play with that type of confusion or, you know, whatever. Yep. No, I totally hear you. I think it's really, really sweet. And so, yeah, this one stays in my bag. Yeah. These are the things that are okay to lie about. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to know and be honest, if you had Corona and you were covered, obviously, would you lie about it? Depends on who's asking. (laughs) (laughs) Really? How? Oh, Oh my gosh. Yes. So I, okay, so this is a tricky thing. I think if I'm going to be with a group of people and they want to, you know, be in close proximity and whatever, I'm going to be honest about that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yo, I had the Rona, I've recovered. Mm -hmm. But if it's just someone just being nosy and they're out here just trying to put people on blast and it's not going to serve like a good purpose of like keeping other people healthy and safe, I'll choose to decline to answer that question. I'd be like, that's none of your business. I'm curious about you. (laughs) If I would lie about having Corona? Yeah, girl, would you? I don't think I would. I don't think I would because I think if I got coronavirus, I would just be really interested in other people's experiences of having coronavirus. And if I lied and said I never had it, then no one would ever open up and be like, oh, I had it. Does that make sense? Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I'm actually probably more likely when this is all over to lie and say that I did have coronavirus to make people feel comfortable enough to tell me about their coronavirus experiences. She's already telling you, world, that she's preemptively thinking about lying to say she had it. Serena, I'm not going to condone this, and I'm also not going to co-sign this. I'm just going to leave this in the weird gray area that it deserves to be. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right, guys. That's it for our first episode of season two. We've got more coming up. So make sure you guys follow us on all the things. Sharina, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at bag of lies underscore podcast. And then on Twitter, we are just at bag of lies. We're going to have a great season two. So stay tuned. Bag of Lies is produced by the spicy Rachel Diaz with creative oversight from the B-O-B, the big Bobo, Bob Cohen. And our theme music is produced by Madly. All opinions and foolish comments expressed here are by no means a reflection of our employers, friends, family, or our upbringing, or our sanity. I thought I'd throw that in there too this time. We're sane. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Bye. Bye.